0: Well, we are talking today about faithfulness. We're in a series on the fruit of the Spirit. We've called it Now Showing, and because that is what should be happening. You become a believer, you say yes to the grace of God. God's Spirit is, uh, makes us alive in Christ, and that's not the end. That's not the end of the journey. This isn't all about just becoming alive in Christ and becoming a little, one of little heaven's trophies. This is now that we're alive in Christ. God wants to show Himself through us. Isn't that incredible? We're not just a recipient of grace. We get to be distributors of grace. We get to be brought in this. God doesn't want to just do something for us. He wants to do something through us. And that should just be exciting. That should just be challenging. And that is what the fruit of the Spirit is. It is, this, it is showing us. What, when God's nature really begins to work in our lives, it begins to show up in these things. This is what the Spirit grows in our lives when we say yes to Him minute by minute, moment by moment, as the Holy Spirit is maturing us and growing us. So on your way in, you should have got a, uh, a little bulletin, a little uh, uh, program, uh, service guide, whatever you want to call it, if you'll crack that open, we're going to cruise through these notes we got some fill in the blanks here for you so you can stay on track and this has been our concept this has been the the thing we've said this is the seventh time we've read this uh, this is if you walk away with nothing else i want you to walk away with this as god is growing us from the inside out he will begin to show more and more of his qualities in our lives and this is so beautifully and poetically and wonderfully referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit operates and does a lot of wonderful things. We see <coughs> the, the uh, um, gifts of the Spirit talked about in 1 Corinthians. And all of those things are wonderful and alive and active today. But what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do through those, that's not the end result. That's a means, it's a tool that the Holy Spirit used. This is where the Holy Spirit wants to take us. He wants his, the God's nature to show up in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit to grow in us. So, let's find out what this is. Galatians 5:22 and 23 says but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the just go for it stuff. This is where we are turned loose to just run with what God is doing in our lives there 's certain things we got to make sure that we, that we operate in some places of some temperance and whatnot. but in these things right here we 're allowed to just go for it you can 't find somebody that 's just too loving or too joyful or too patient or too faithful or has too much self control or is too gentle or any of these things these we can just we can just go for it our that uh, <clears throat> that just extreme nature that everybody loves to play to, especially the advertising, this is where we are released by the kingdom of God to just really, really go for it. And in the area of faithfulness, we're going to define faithfulness. And, and there's a beautiful passage of Scripture we're about to read that, 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 that backs this up. But this is just a working definition of faithfulness to me. Faithfulness is doing the right thing at the right time. There's a lot of good things to be doing, but there's also this time. There's, a, there's this, this, this time in which we need to be doing it. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. And then Matthew 24 says, Who, who then is the faithful and my servant? Who is it? Whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food... At the proper time, to do the right thing at the right time, <clears throat> it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns ultimately, faithfulness is just that it's doing the right thing at the right time. It's working when you're at work and being off when you're off it's <clears throat> It's doing the the right thing at the right time you know what it's It's a good thing to have a workout regimen right. It's a good thing to take care of the, the temple of God and the bunch, you know, get your push-ups in or that kind of stuff. But if, you're, if your boss walks over and sees you woo, cranking out some push-ups, he's not going to, more than likely, unless you work at Gold's Gym um, or the fire department, they like, like doing push-ups there. And uh, be in good shape, save people. Uh, but at the, your regular job, you've got, you're going you're gonna to get in trouble. You're doing the right thing at the wrong time. We've got to make sure that this walking in the Spirit, this this having this concept of faithfulness, that we're obedient and we're doing the right thing at the right time. Whenever we look at the Greek word in this, and we've been breaking some of these down, there is a uh there is a word that is used and it's translated faithfulness over and over and over again. But this Greek word, this Greek word that Paul uses here isn't that word? It's a, it's a it's a sister of it, and it's called pistis, and it is this uh, word that over and over and over again is translated faith. And uh, like you said, just by uh, um, says so your faith has made you well. This is the word that is used in that, but it also has this this other thing. Because what do we talk about over and over again here? That faith is. Faith is ultimately is knowing that we can trust God. It is this area of having, of placing our full trust and our full weight on God. People try to make faith this, this big, complex, scary thing. And it's not. It's just trusting God. It's God's right on this subject, and I'm going to let Him be right. And I'm going to let him prove himself right in my life. I'm going to lay back on his word, and I'm going to let him do what he said he's going to do. But this place of faith also has this concept of that there are these things that God also has commissioned me to do. That I'm not just a pampered pet in the kingdom of God. There are things that He has me to do. And that takes faith in and of itself as well. It's, it is a wonderful place of faith to stand over here and let God do the things that only He can do. But it takes another act of faith to be faithful to do the things that are required of you to do. <clears throat> I've shared this story before, but years ago I was uh, doing some remodeling. It seems we always got some sort of project going on. My wife obviously loves projects and, and uh, loves having the house semi-torn up constantly. And uh, one of us loves it. I'm going to say it's her. And uh, Anyway, so I was working on a project, working, working, working. Had my skill saw, my favorite saw. And I had been working in the backyard and uh, took my saw and was using it. Worked hard all day long. Um, Finally, it was late that evening. I'd got into bed. And uh, this was back in the time where rain could kind of come on a regular basis. And uh, so I'm laying in bed. And I got all cuddled down and cozy down. And I was just about to fall asleep, just in that little but where my, my consciousness was just about to wink out and be gone. And I remembered my saw in the backyard. And so I, just in that moment, I was like, oh. And I said, Lord, just please protect my saw. And I was just about to go to sleep. And man, I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me, I do the things you can't do, not the things you won't do. And I got up and I put my pants on. I got my saw. And I brought it into the house. Why? Because that was an area that I had responsibility over. That I had dominion. I don't take my stuff that I'm responsible for and slough it off onto God. That is, this place of faithfulness and operating in this place of faith is over and over saying, God, I trust you. And therefore, I want to do what it is you've asked of me to do. The areas of responsibility you've given to me, I'm going to be faithful to execute those things. And then the things that only God can do, I'm not going to meddle with. God, you're going to have your business and you're, and I'm going to have mine. And you're, I'm going to trust you in that and not get over anxious if things aren't happening on my timeline. But on the things that I'm responsible for in my timeline, I'm going to be responsible for my timeline. And that is an act in a life of faith. That is this beautiful balance of letting God do God's things and us doing our things. And ultimately, to really walk there, it takes the Spirit of God. Ultimately, to really do that, that's why it is a fruit of the Spirit See, one of the second definitions here of this word pistis is fidelity or faithfulness, the character of one who can be relied upon. That's why Paul uses that word. It has that double meaning of being engaged in faith, but also being faithful. It's not that we're taking the responsibility from God and saying, okay, I'm just going to take care of this on my own. It's God, I'm trusting you and therefore I'm doing Matthew 23, 23, says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Now this is the, the opportunity where if Jesus wanted to say, you know that whole tithing thing, you know, I've come and I'm doing away with that. Uh, This is where Jesus had that opportunity to totally kick tithing away. He addresses tithing. He says, you're all wound up in tithing. You tithe every little bit. You make sure 10%, that's what a tithe is, goes in and makes it into into the kingdom of God. But then you check out from that point. You're like, I'm good. I wrote my check. I wrote my stuff. I did that. And now I'm off the hook. I can kind of be a, kind of be a, a jerk on this other end because I've given on that end. He says, no, justice, mercy, and faithfulness are the weightier matters. This area of being faithful is the weightier matter. Yeah, you need to make sure that you take care of the other business too, he says. But this area of faithfulness is even weightier, is weightier in God's eyes than this area of tithing. I tell you what, you know, a lot of places, you'll, you know, churches, it's tithing's the weightiest issue on the face of the planet a lot of churches. And, uh, but faithfulness, it's faithfulness is the weightier issue. It is more important. Why? Because it, 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 it determines, it is this, this seed where everything else begins to help to grow out of. <clears throat> I was sitting there reading some of my commentaries, and I love this definition of faithfulness. Faithfulness is punctuality in performing promises. It's conscientious carefulness in preserving what is committed to our trust and restoring it to its proper owner and in transacting the business confided to us. It is neither betraying the secret of a friend nor disappointing the confidence of an employer. This area of faithfulness is what should make believers the best bosses and the best employees. We should be as believers. This this fruit of faithfulness should grow up and just make it, where if it's really operating in our lives, that every boss would love to have that guy working in his department. Why? Because he's faithful. Why? Because he's operating on a higher level. See, faithfulness grows from our relationship with God because it is a defining attribute of god it defines who god is he uses faithfulness to help us understand who he is part of this thing of 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 our mission of helping people to to know god better and to trust him more is for people to get it alive on the inside of them that we serve a faithful god that god really can be relied upon he really can be we don't have to kind of have this thing where, okay, I'm going to give it to God, but I'm going to keep my finger in it because um, I don't know if he's going to come through or not. That God is faithful. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus <coughs> Christ our Lord, is faithful. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is Faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. And 2 Corinthians 1 tells us, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. When Paul wanted to shore up one of his arguments, he said, just like as sure as God is faithful, you can count on this too. That is how much god is defined in this area of faithfulness and we as believers should be defined that way as well that we can we we take our responsibilities seriously um of course uh, we just had the the first uh preseason game dallas cowboy game i did not get to watch it i don't know if the cowboys won or lost or you know, they, they won all right um and so uh there wasn't a dark cloud hanging over the Moore's residence so um so there it was obviously there was a win um and uh but anyways back in uh, 1995 all these years and years and years ago there was a guy that played for Florida State Seminoles he was just he's an offensive lineman of just absolute incredible ability and uh, there was a particular magazine that would pick its, its all-star team, It'd pick the person who was the best at this position, and they would publish this team. Now, this was this guy's senior year. 95 was his senior year, and um, he, uh, he knew that getting on that kind of a list was going to be really helpful for his draft prospects, for his career that he was going to be able to have. And um, the, uh, sure enough, they get the phone call, That they want him. They're going to pick him to be in that position on the offensive line on their list. The problem was, is this guy was a solid, dedicated, outspoken, committed believer. His parents had raised him with an incredible work ethic and this level of of faithfulness. And um, this magazine was Playboy. And... uh, he felt a significant conflict of interest. And uh, even though many people were pushing him to go ahead and allow his name to be published and be put on the list, that it had, that this had to do with his own performance and had nothing to do with the magazine or what it stood for or any of those different things, he said, I cannot be associated with that. He was faithful steward over the talents and the giftings that God had ever. him, mean, he... He rejected that, and they had to go to their second tier. Well, in 1995, all you Cowboys fans know, was the last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, 19 uh, that draft uh, coming into the 96th season, the Dallas Cowboys picked Clay Shiver to be their offensive line pick. That year as a rookie, he starts f- or plays in 14 of the 16 games uh, protecting Troy Aikman, opening holes for Emmitt Smith, um, goes on to play a few more seasons with the Cowboys and then plays with the Panthers, and it has to retire early from a shoulder injury. But his had a, a wonderful time while he played. But his legacy was carried on in a, um, 40, the special 48 hours, ended up doing a, a special and used him in it on what it meant to have character in collegiate sports. That decision to say, no, I'm going to be faithful and a faithful steward of the talents that God has given me, and I'm going to say no to this, helped him to say yes to all of these other things. <clears throat> we have to be. We have to be faithful to be able to walk in but god begins to put these dreams and these goals and these things alive on the inside of us when we when we really quiet ourselves and allow the holy spirit to begin to speak into our hearts i'm telling you it is an exciting inspiring time and god will stir us up and 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 fill us full of his dreams and what he's called us to but that does not lived out all by itself there is this fruit a faithfulness that has to be coupled with it that allows that to ultimately produce what it has to in mine and your lives. As we are living in this thing, God's character comes out of us. God's defining character of faithfulness comes out and shows up. And it shows up in a few different areas. We can begin to see these places of faithfulness and the scripture gives them to us. First off, faithfulness shows up in our prayer life, and our praying. Uh, Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. These places where the Bible reminds us to be faithful, these are these places where it's easy for us to punch out. We're like, okay, I've done it. I can walk away, I'm through, I'm, I, I did my little thing here. But faithfulness carries on. It keeps on going. It stays true. See, First Thessalonians 5.17 gives us this thing that sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our minds around. It says, pray without ceasing. Now, does that mean that we're supposed to be huddled over in the corner on our knees, our little hands clas- clasped together, and just pray pray, 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 pray all day long? Of course not. That's That's not... Practical. Can't do that. So what does this mean? So is this just hyperbole? Is 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 Paul just making this overly grand statement to basically say however much you think you're praying, pray a little more because it isn't without ceasing. And so, you know, just kind of step it up a notch. Is, is, he, is he just kind of exaggerating to make his point? I don't think so. This is what I think praying without ceasing is. It is this continual conversation with God. Guess what? I'm being married without ceasing i don't want to take breaks from being married it is just this constant thing we uh, we uh, our text messages and when texting came out that was the that was the easiest example i could see of this praying without ceasing my wife is like one of the texting queens i mean she has just incredible she has these nails and somehow she can use the edge of her thumb to be able to sit there and text and just get it get it all done anyways, and I don't have anything holding me back, and I, I'm I, I'd say I'm all thumbs, but that would be good in texting, and so I'm all something else. I'm not that good at it. I'm slow. My kids make fun of me, and um, but she's constantly has multiple friends that it just the texting it just it never fully breaks. It's never fully a goodbye. It just Pauses at night, kicks back up in the morning. It's just, it just continues, and it just goes. It is this constant thing that's rolling. That should be our life with God. That we're always conscious that He's there. That if something is bothering us, prayer should be the bringing it to Him. Should be the 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 very next thing on our minds. It should just be this constant, constant thing. My kids have finally uh, have quit. Always going, Dad. Were you talking to me, Dad? What was that? Because I'll just, just sit sit, there be going on, and then all of a sudden I'll just, I'll just be praying, and then okay, you know, used to when they were little. You talking to me? It's not Tourette's. (laughs) It's spiritual Tourette's. (laughs) It is, uh, but it's just thing. It's just keeping it, keeping it alive, keeping it fresh, keeping it going. That is what God wants us to do, this, this continual conversation. Remember, God did this for us to have a relationship with Him. We also should be faithful, our faithfulness should show up in the way we serve others. Third John one five says, Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. And Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And Ephesians backs it up again. Serve wholeheartedly. How? As if you were serving the Lord and not men. Colossians 7 you You've learned it from Epaphras. Our dear servant who is faithful minister on our behalf. Epaphras gets the title faithful from what? from the way he served, the way he, he met others' needs. And then we also see that faithfulness shows up in the way we handle the things that we think are a big deal and those that seem small. When Jesus wasn't joking, whenever he tells us that the parable of the sower, the sowing the seeds, he tells his disciples, if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand anything. Why? Because everything in the kingdom of God begins with a seed. It begins small, and it grows. And if we're waiting for just the big moment in our lives before we begin to take something seriously, we're going to miss out on all of these different things God is wanting to do in our lives. Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful in very little thing is faithful also in much, but he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much this is why the guy that gets the money all of a sudden with the lottery and all that, seven to ten years later, doesn't have money again. Why? Because he didn't come up but being faithful with what was little. All of a sudden the much was given, faithfulness wasn't there, and it disappears. It's just the just spiritual truth. Matthew 25:21 says, his master replied, "Well done." good and faithful servant you have been faithful with a few things i will put you in charge of many things come and share your master's happiness we see in the book of wisdom proverbs 3 says let love and faithfulness never leave you bind them around your neck write them on the tablet of your heart then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of god And man, this is one of those things that as we begin to operate in this place of love, that joy begins to be our driving force, that patience is there. Faithfulness is this thing that comes along in tow with all of it. It's easier to be faithful when, the, when it's joyful. It's easier to be faithful when we're not being impatient, but patient. It's easier to be faithful when our heart motives are good, like we talked about last year, and our actions are kind. It, this is something that is one of these things that the Holy Spirit just brings along. There are these other fruits that begin to pop up, and all of a sudden we look, and wow, we're being faithful. Things that used to be difficult for us to do aren't as difficult anymore. I love the way Max Lucado put it in his book, When God Whispers Your Name. He said, I choose faithfulness. Today I will keep my promises. My debtors will not regret their trust. My associates will not question my word. My wife will not question my love. And my children will never fear that their father will not come home. That is what faithfulness is about. It's about letting God's nature, that He is there for for us, he keeps his word allow that to be expressed in our lives see the fruit of the spirit it is the ultimate it is the ultimate fulfillment of on earth as it is in heaven and you and i we need we need to choose to allow to have heaven's faithfulness show up in our lives i'm telling you it begins to redefine everything that's why we're in, in this thing for the long haul. Because things aren't always one in the moment. But as we are faithful, as we are faithful, man, God is just, God is just so good. I want to close with a story of the guy who had, uh, there was a, a European uh, leper colony. And uh, there was uh, a man who had felt called, to go into this leper colony and begin to share the love of God. These, if you're not familiar with the leprosy, peoples, their very uh, skin and cells are just rotting it, off of them. It's just a, an incredibly debilitating disease. And uh, this was years and years ago. And this uh, uh, this man was just was just faithful there. There was a uh, uh, years later, there was a uh, reporter that had come in and was doing a, a newspaper article. And I found this man um, that was there in this leper colony and was just smiling ear to ear. And he says, look, you know, you're, 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 you're dying out here. You're in a desolate place. People don't come and visit you. You're ostracized from family and, and people you, who you'd been connected with as a child. Why are you smiling? And he said, well, I didn't smile for years and years and years. I was bitter and hateful for years and years and years. And then this man came and he shared Jesus with me. And I spit in his face. And he came back the next week and I spit in his face. And he came back the next week and I spit in his face. It began to escalate. He began to share how he would get even more aggressive when this man would show up. This goes on year after year for 13 years. Week in and week out. Man goes shares the love of God the man responds with vile and hatred and spit and at 13 year mark the man was like fine please you've been here all this time how can you tolerate what I have put out I want to know about this God and embraced the God that loved him and sent his son to die for him There are certain wins in life that don't happen in a moment. There are certain ones that do. But there are others that are won by sheer Holy Spirit-breathed, god moves faithfulness. That we just keep saying yes to God. Leave the results up to Him and keep saying yes to Him. I love being a part of this church and hearing the stories from y'all. People who've come to Christ way late in life way late in life and it is the the effects of somebody being faithful in prayer over and over and over again i love hearing about your family and your friends who have been away from god for years and years and years and your small group's been praying and then it looks ugly and messed up and then the breakthrough comes and i love getting those phone calls and getting those emails that this person who had been had been so resistant to god All of a sudden, in a moment, breaks through. Not that it it seems sudden, but it is that faithful perseverance of somebody to keep loving, somebody to keep going, somebody to keep praying, that makes the difference. Folks, we want to be that kind of church. We want to be a church that is defined by faithfulness, that just keeps on keeping on the assignment that God has commissioned us and has given us.